and Carl Bicky was in a car crash, and she won't be able to make it because she hurt her leg in the crash. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, oh boys and girls, podcasters of all ages and rages, it's time for KSD Radio's Best and Worst of 2001. This has been a hell of a year. 2001? Wait a second. Wait a, a second. 2021. 22. I think I'm stuck in 2021 and 2001 because 2022 was not that fucking good. <laughs> it was hollow miss. This was one of the hardest years ever. We had to pick 10. Films that we liked. <laughs> right, Carl? Hey, it, it, it was tough, but I did come up with 10, and I'm happy with what I got. What about you, Vicky? <sighs> I feel like I was in a car crash trying to get 10 movies I actually liked down on paper. I was writing them down, and every time I put one down, I crossed it out. So, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> yeah. Hard. Well, my number one was a pretty easy pick, but that's getting in there. But, yeah, this, before we get into our movie, let's talk about, well, the first thing is, uh, as I call it, and Carl will be, probably be able to talk about it too, the HBO Max Massacre of Summer of 2001, or is it Fall? <laughs> it's called Take Vicky, My Money. Happy. Take My Money and Stab Me in the Ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, the biggest thing for sci-fi fans is they uh, got rid of Westworld with, wasn't there just going to be one more season of it? Not that many. Uh-huh. There was announced, announced that there was going to be one more season to wrap it all up. Even though the last season, the fourth season, seemed like it could be the end, it really had a lot of, um, uh, a lot of the original story that was left undone. And so, yeah, we all expected, <laughs> stupid us, we all expected that there was going to be a season five to wrap it all up. Man, are we dumb? Oh, and Carl today. And we pay H- our money. Yeah. Ugh. Go oh, ahead. And Carl Sorry. today. HBO and Max just announced that they're cutting out all the Looney Tunes cartoons. I know. I know. Absolutely a travesty. You know, I. I won't say anything about that particularly, but it's not just HBO Max because two of my favorite uh, TV shows only ran one season on Netflix and they're not renewed. So, you know, it's everybody. It's not just HBO. That's because they're spending too much on bull... They spent too much on bullcrap movies and having to dump off movies that they couldn't put in the theater because of uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's easy to see. It's easy for us who have to pay the money for entertainment and wait and wait and wait 
for that entertainment. It's easy for us to see where they're making their mistakes. But they're all sitting in their ivory towers, and I mean ivory towers, and with all that context with it, they're just sitting there. How are we going to make more money? How are we? We're losing money. We're losing money. They don't give a damn about what they're putting out for us to spend our money on. They just want our money. So they give us crap. And I'm done. I'm done. I'm purging my um, my streaming. I'm I'm getting away from it all because screw them. Screw them and their stupid ideas. After last night trying to watch what I tried to watch, ugh, I'm done. The Good Purge, night. the Vicky Love Edition. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Stephen, I missed you so much. <laughs> And honestly, how could you tell a good movie last year? It went straight to streaming, but you had to pay $20 for the honor of watching it. Yep. I remember if I paid $20 for a movie, that means I got my movie ticket and my mother popcorn. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. I don't understand. I Well, wait, wait, excuse me. I do understand it. And it goes back to what's wrong with the entire world economy. When everything shut down for COVID, this is going to be really short. When everything shut down for COVID, some of us got to keep our paychecks going. Some of us worked from home. And some of us in the United States and other countries around the world got what I just want to call stimulus checks. Our governments have so much money that to keep everything going and from people starving and freezing to death, they gave us some of that money that we've already paid in taxes. Okay, but they didn't give it to the rich people. The people who can afford it, the people who run the goddamn world. <gasps> I mean, the gosh darn world. This is God damn it. <laughs> those people were jealous of those pennies, those freaking pennies that our yeah. governments gave to us so that we could survive, that they caused inflation and they caused this recession. They caused it because they wanted those pennies. Let's be honest, that, bunch of, that amount of money that they gave us is the same as if I knew Carl was doing bad, so I filled up his gas tank once. Yeah. <laughs> or you yeah. bought me a round of cheese, you know, something like that. Right. Well, no, right. I'm talking about just buy one can of gas. They're like, well, I bought you a tank of gas. You can drive somewhere now. You can drive to work. Right. And those wealthy elites are jealous of that. And that's why our gas went up $3, $4, California $5. Oh, my God. They were expecting and, to get all the money back. Uh, they like, oh, I think all these people should come in and buy these big fancy TVs and big fancy this. Yeah. So we can put the money yeah. back in our pocket. Exactly. And when that didn't happen... When we still need the money to live because the inflation went out, of, you know, to the moon and back, back, what happened? 
they still started, they still, you know, Netflix upped their um, streaming rate, and Disney reorganized everything and upped it a few dollars, and and so. Oh, and, and guess so, what? Uh, this year, Vicky, Netflix is getting rid of its password sharing, period. Oh, I know. I know, because I have one son on mine, and that son is disabled and can't work and and because he doesn't live in my household i can't share a freaking netflix streaming with him that is um let him eat cake that's marie antoinette bullshit well i got one son of a bitch on my shutter and uh uh arrow but that's work shit and yeah. it helped us a lot. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I do appreciate that. I well, appreciate that very, very much. Part. That's just it makes it easier on those of us who depend on things like that to work, you know, for right. podcasters. They want us to help them buy more shit, but then they punish us. For doing something, you know. Yeah. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah, and that's but... what's happening with entertainment. We're getting this crap entertainment. This crap. I watched Blood Origin. Well, I tried to. I watched Netflix Blood Origin. There's only four freaking episodes. And you know what? The most, supposedly the most exciting part of the whole thing, the guy becoming the very first witcher, I fell asleep. I wasn't tired. It wasn't because I was out working or anything. I was bored to death because the writing is so bad. <laughs> Let's really? be honest, and I'm Carl. To pay for it? I think someone misses little Henry Cavill and don't want to admit it on radio. <laughs> what do you say, Carl? I'll admit it. <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't seen her with the draw basket in quite a while, so I think you're right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. he got he got screwed big too. He got fired for both. He quit The Witcher because I said, oh, we're going to give you Superman back. And then when he did that, oh, sorry, you're fired. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah. But to, before we get to the movies, stuff. let's get it cheered up a little bit. This is a new subject. Okay. Let's see if it works. And it's me, and it's called Stump. Today it's Stump the Carl and Stump the Vicky. Okay. Uh, Carl, this is an easy yes. one for your first one. What is the most filmed character in movie history? Tarzan. No. Ooh. You got to guess, Vicky. Well, I was going to say Superman. No. Not because we were talking... Uh, y'all just oh? y'all just not going back far enough. Oh really? Dracula, Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. Dracula. Oh okay. And number two yeah, okay. would be Sherlock Holmes. Okay, of this course. This one's uh, for Vicky. Yeah. What sci-fi character, as he's dying, sings? 
Daisy, Daisy. Oh, oh that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's easy for me. That's Hal. Hal, um, Hal from um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. The computer. Hal 9000. I think he's 9000. Yeah. Oh, and here's the hard part, Vicky. What weird yeah. comment? What weird comment? Hal's name. What? What? Say that again. Sorry. What weird coincidence goes with Hal's name? What weird coincidence goes with Hal's name? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I probably. I, you know what? There's probably something Arthur C. Clarke involved or something. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay Vicky. Then what take, is it? Uh, okay, Vicky. Take each of the each of the letters and go back one in the alphabet. No, go up one. Go, go up uh, one. I'm sorry. Okay. H is K. No, H, H is I. H is I. I. A is B, L is I M. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That was unintentional. But when I be yeah, it's one of those acts. One of those beautiful accidents. Wow. Wow. No, that is beautiful because you know when you're coding and things like that. I've got a secret code going. You know, they use those, that, the alphabet like that. Yeah. Wow. I love it. <laughs> I love the trivia. Got any yeah. more? Okay. This one's for Carl. What actor made his first appearance in a Western that came out in 1970 but ended up with the same director won a best won a best supporting actor oscar and best song mm. this is for you carl come on <laughs> don't look at that okay loudon loudon wainwright the third and Clue or keith carradine keith carradine bingo yeah And what movies am I referring to? Uh, you're you're referring Mash, and no. you're referring uh, Nashville. Nashville, yes, but the one you missed was McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Oh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. See, I was thinking Mash, and I was thinking uh, <laughs> yeah. Alan Wainwright, who is in Mash. Okay, okay, I got it half right. Okay, I got it half right. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. One more for Vic? You got another one, one for Vic? One more for you, Carl. Which one of your favorite directors made over 50 to 60 short films before he made his first film for Roger Corman? Okay. Now... You mentioned Corman. That throws me off. 
because I know that Robert Altman did tons, and I mean, I not think Robert at least Altman. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm not done yet. I'm not done okay, yet. Okay, okay. Okay, Altman did like 40 to 50 industrial fills, but not for Corman. Okay, 50, 50 to 60 short films. The only thing I could say would be Joe Dante because there's the mad orgy. You got it. But, you know, the Mad Orgy uh, movie is is basically a compilation of all sorts of shit. I don't know if I'd call that a short, though. I'm talking about all the trailers that he did shot and cut for Corman before he did uh, Hollywood Hollywood Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah. You know, again, they're trailers. I don't know if I call those short films. But, yeah, okay. I got it, though. I got it. It yeah. took me a little took me a little work. Okay. What do you think, Carl? That worked. That was pretty fun. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We okay. gotta get some for you too next time. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get to our uh oh wrong ah, wrong button. The bet our uh, picks for uh Best film before I let Vicky uh, go on something she hates. Okay, we was talking <laughs> about how the streaming services screwed up. What about, do you think the streaming services would be as stupid as to put out a big budget movie that did great at the box office its first week, but then they pulled it from theaters after its first week so that so that they would have a big ratings boost when it came out in December. Mm, would they I, do something that stupid, Carl? Oh, they did. Yeah. <laughs> what they they did. And Not that would, and that would no, that would be one of my top ten of last year. Glass Onion. Yeah, knives out, Glass Onion. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I meant. Yeah, glass, of, and I loved it. It's a great little Agatha Christie type movie, and it has great performances from uh, uh, James Bond himself, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, and of course Batista right. steals the whole damn movie. Have you seen it yet, Vicky? I've only seen the trailer. It looks fun. It looks like a yeah. lot of... The only reason why I haven't watched it is because I haven't been able to watch it with my mom yet, and I promised to watch it with her. And you, so you, I'm sure we're going to love it. And Carl agrees with me. She will love Dave Batista in his movie, won't she? Oh, yeah. Batista's great. <laughs> well, you know, everybody is. Every, everybody yeah. does a good job in there as far as acting, no question. None. You can tell. And plus, it has the best gay romance of all year with uh, Daniel Craig uh, and you, Daniel uh, Craig and Hugh, Hugh Grant. Yep. And it's set during COVID. Lots of uh, uh, um, cameos. Uh, lots of uh, lots of fun. I thought it was good. It doesn't make like top ten, but but I thought it was good. No question. Yeah. And what will be your first? 
My, well, mine? I, I think, Wait. Oh, Carl. Think, no, no. Save, Carl, yeah, save good. Be, yeah, save the best for last. Okay, exactly. So my number 10 <laughs> film of this year is something that you and I did a commentary watch on. Yeah. It's one of the most fun Christmas horror movies I've seen in years. Jeff Bezos, as director, just knocks it out of the park. Basically, Vicky, it's about a robotic Santa Claus that goes amok because of all the um, um, military well, ro- robotic things. And in it, it has uh, Santa's rules programmed into him, as in, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Yes, and it's Christmas, bloody Christmas. And the nice thing is the first 30 minutes we get to know the, the characters, and it's all about pop culture. So there are arguments you and I have had where, yeah. you know, what's our, favorite, what's our favorite Christmas song, you know, or, or you know, what, what terrible movies are. And, that, and they have all that, and it's, and it's just a blast. It's a blast. It's so much fun. And if you love the first Terminator more than the other ones, you will love this because it's basically set like that. The robot plays like the Terminator from the first film. No wonder you're scared shitless of. It's on my top. It's on my top list too. Mhm. That's good. But like that's, I said, um, I, all my friends they all they all like it, and so that's a good thing. I, I think yeah. it's probably it really good. It goes being a standard horror film at the first half into like a full-on Santa Claus, Santa Claus Terminator sci-fi type film at the last, last second half. Right, Carl? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, the, final, the final girl in this is awesome, too. She's just great. And she curses as much as you do, Vicky. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> in fact, we thought of you. And we it does, seriously and she, thought of you. Yeah, and she doesn't fit the cliches of what you hate about the modern so-called action girl. She's tough from the get-go. She doesn't take and any she gets shit her from ass, anybody. And, yeah, and she gets her ass kicked all through the movie. Well, that sounds, um, I don't know. Sounds like maybe I might watch it next year. Maybe I'll watch it in, in, I could probably watch it this month and be okay with it. Okay. Yeah. What's your first, uh, Miss Love? Uh, You want my number 10? Yeah. And my number 10 is the Batman. And here's the thing. I don't even like Batman at all. I like some of the movies. I, I like Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah. I um, like um, the TV series from the 60s, Batman. That was like a hoot and a lot of fun. But there's something about this, the Batman, is... Um, and I think I nailed it the other day when one of our friends, Chris, 
showed this list of all the Batman vehicles, the the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and the my favorite one on the list was the Batman Batmobile because it harkens back to the classic, and so I think I liked this movie because of uh, its ties to the classic back, Batman of what I grew up with. Yeah, and plus and, the Riddler is creepy as hell. Yeah, and the Riddler should be creepy. Um, the Joker is his own thing. He's not creepy. He's just downright Yeah, it's not it's an evil. Batman film without the Joker in it. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Very and true. The one was great. Yes. All okay, all of them were great. You know, um this is Colin Farrell's year, right? And so yeah, it um yeah, and so um I like the Batman. It's number ten on my list. I even like um um Zoe, what's her name? You know, Zoe Gashnell? Gashnell? No. Yeah. Zoe um, Kravitz. Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, famous Father, Kravitz. Uh, all the different Catwomen's there've been. I like going back to the classic nineteen <laughs> sixties um, Catwoman. Julie Newmar has always been my favorite Catwoman, and Zoe seems to have channeled her into this rendition of the Catwoman, and I liked it. I thought I was gonna hate it, and yet. I sat there watching it going, I like this movie. I like this movie. I like all the different touches. I like how it's different from this so-and-so movie and this so-and-so movie. So the Batman is my number 10. And my favorite Catwoman has to be Eartha Kitt because you knew she's going to, you know, she's going to fuck Batman. (laughs) Oh, I, I absolutely. I'm with Stephen on that. With Stephen on that, without a doubt. Yeah. But without a doubt. On, I'm having to replace another one, Mike, because Carl took one with the Christmas bloody Christmas. I don't mind. And it's something in the dirt. It starts out simple with uh, this guy getting divorced and moving into the apartment and meeting this other guy. And then they find out Something is happening in the guy's closet. And then they decide to make a movie out of it. And it just gets weirder and weirder like that. It's more like a a 70s sci-fi movie than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same guys who did The Endless. And you can see little hints of the endless all the way through it. Absolutely. You certainly can. You certainly can. And it's just so good. This is one Um, of the ones I have not seen. I have not, but, but, but that's one that I definitely do want to see because I fucking love the endless. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite as good as the endless. It's my number nine also, Stephen. Oh. Um, yeah, it's um, uh, it, the reason why it's number nine and not higher up is because of what you and I have discussed. The ending, 
I personally didn't like the ending. And here's the weird thing. When you sent it to me and said, watch this, and I watched it, I had just come back from L.A., and this was filmed, all the L.A. sequences in this film were filmed no more within the the, circum, um, the circle, a one-mile radius of where I stayed for four days because I stayed right there in Hollywood. And the hills, I, after I was watching the movie, I'm like, God, I just, I know that, that mountain because I take pictures all the time with my camera. So yeah. I went through my pictures and I'm like, I'm, see, I was standing right there. See, I was standing right there. See, yeah. see that? And so it was just so authentic to me. And so that circle has an important part to do with the movie. Yes. Yes, it does. And another thing about that area, this is Hollywood, where some of the richest people and where some of the poorest people are at. Within, within like, say, a circle of two miles, you can find the most destitute people and you can find the most wealthy. And it's just uh, – and you can find three cemeteries of um, – of writers, directors, and movie stars, um, musicians. It's just an incredible area. Film that little tiny film right there. It's crazy. But it's nice. worth it. I think that two hours is worth it for that yeah. film. And what about you, Carl? Why don't you go next? Because I know the next one that I have is going to be on your list, too. So you go ahead. Did you have a number nine? You go ahead, Carl, because I just already said, just said my number nine. (laughs) So my number nine is a documentary. And it it was on, um, it was on, I think, Arrow. And it's one of the best researched Documentaries I've ever seen. Netflix. Particularly on the black exploitation era, the 70s. Oh, Netflix. Was it Netflix? Okay. Yeah. Uh, on, on, on the um, uh, black exploitation era, era of the 70s, which I'm just, you know, that that's my wheelhouse. It's one of my wheelhouses. And that movie would be Am I Black Enough for You? And it seriously goes through. Uh, the period before black exploitation in the late fifties into the uh, well, sixties. Well, it's what you said. It's Go ahead. what you said before, Carl, that the black right. exploitation movement started about the late about sixty, sixty eight. You know, the late fifties through the sixties. Right. To about seventy seventy eight when it died out. Right, and, and so this this covers people like Sidney Poitier, and that, and then it gets into uh, it actually mentions yeah. one of my favorite films, Uptight from 1968, and of course uh, Cotton comes to Harlem and and that, but it also goes into the, you know the major black exploitation, and I, I forget who the, the the person is behind it. I can I can find out here real quick. But, I know him. He did the commentary for Superfly. He's good. And, and and he makes it very personal, and it's about how he reacted as a youngster to this, and yeah. how how it it, it it affected him, and and the black exploitation films affected me too because 
you know, being being uh, slightly handicapped and being different from everyone in Bradford and, and, and that, and suddenly I felt a real kinship to 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 these films that, you know, they were saying they were special. And so I must be special too. And, and it meant a lot to me also. So I really connected with it on that. But my number nine pick yeah. is one of the best, so of the best documentaries to- of the year. You're so special, Car. You rode the short bus to school. I, I, yes, I went there. <laughs> I did. I'm not. I, I, I'm proud of that. Well, so, the people so that rode you, you aren't, because they said you smell like farts and cheese all the time. But I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Am I black enough for you? One of two great documentaries on my list. So there you go. Okay. All right. Before we go to uh, Vicky's next one, let's get. Uh, we have an award here called the Hugo Stiglitz Award for Acting, and it's the Hugo. We call it the Hugo. This year, we had an actor that did a twofer, and. One of the films is just unanimous by all three of us that it was just so fucking horrible. <laughs> and that would be the one and only, don't you ever fucking do any accent again, you son of a bitch, Tom Hanks. The first one is uh, Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio, which is just bad. But then you get into Elvis and whatever the fuck that uh, accent he's using is. I'm from the South. I can't figure out what the hell it's supposed to be. It's like we got like a science book and we like... Just looking up, what could this be? And we can't figure right. it out. <laughs> it's really right bad. because oh. you know that that movie is on my best list. But oh my god, you have to! Thank goodness he's not in the movie all the way through. And he's even though he's like narrator, he doesn't narrate all the way through. Thank God. Uh, yeah, but good. And, and just to let everyone know who might not know, Hugo Stiglitz was an actor who did several uh, knockoffs, and he was once, I forget what director, the most wooden actor that he had ever worked with. Do you remember uh, who Umberto Lindsay. Umberto Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quote, the quote, uh, Hugo is like, uh, what does you Americans say? A piece of wood. <laughs> and that's not, that's an understatement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, Tarantino the, actually named a character after him, too, in, in, uh, yeah. in Glorious Bastard. And this so, is yes. the first year we've really been a unanimous vote on what was the worst actor in performance. And that would be Tom Hanks in Elvis. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Now, what's your next one, uh, Vicky? Um, are we on number eight? Yes. Oh, yeah. This no, this movie is on uh, all kinds of people's uh, ten worst list, but I found it to be intriguing, and not just intriguing. I like the performances of the three main characters. And uh, and it wasn't hard for me to uh, – I love complicated stories, so it wasn't hard. I'm not a millennial, and I'm certainly not any of Gen Z or any of those people who can't follow a storyline. No offense out there, people. Um, so Amsterdam is my number seven. I like it. I thought that the whole um, craziness of this story – was just perfectly suited for me. I Like, they made the movie for me. And so I don't care that other people hate the movie. They couldn't follow the movie. I liked it. And so, um, and so there you have it. Amsterdam. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You may be the only person you made it for. I watched it. It's good, but the acting is a little too... Purposely wacky. I think that's what I like about it. I think it's a, it's an over the top because its its subject matter is so deeply horrifying. You send these people to that first war, that war where machines were actually first really used, machine guns and tanks and well, not true tanks yet, but all this machinery, and they came back without limbs, without eyes, without, you know, just totally traumatized, and if they happen to be the segment in life that I am, is like, you know, poor, um, they were all shoved aside, and they were put into the worst World War One, the worst war ever, ever. And and they weren't even treated like humans. And so if you're going to take that subject and try to make it into something that isn't just downright depressing, having three people who find some kind of life out of it is, um, to me, um, uh, needs to be over the top. So that I don't know. I just liked it. I liked yeah. the way that they they did it. So, you know, I'm I'm different and I'm weird and I only have a couple of friends and you two are them. So, <laughs> so uh, I like I'm sorry. number seven on my list. <laughs> yeah, my I apologize. Number, yeah, my number seven will be, mine's not in any order except for the number one. This one will be a great double feature with Vicky's. And this also gets my award for worst trailer of the year. Because if you watch this trailer, you think it's this uber cute movie about this soldier taking this dog over to his friend's funeral. And it looks so cute and so sweet. And then you watch it. And you realize it's a movie about... PTSD. Yep. Oh, and that yep. movie is Dog. 
It's better than you would think it'd be, Carl. But like I say, it's a great movie about PTSD, or you know. And both of them, the dog and the human, are suffering from it uh, because they were in this situation where the friend that there's funeral they're going to was uh, killed in front of them, and both of them nearly got killed. And that whole and that whole incident has affected them so badly that they're suffering from PT, you know. Trauma right. from it. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like the trailer, Carl? Uh, that sounds like a film that I should see that I probably will not see. <laughs> Just saying. That film, um, the trailer is totally misleading. Just like another trailer that when you guys get to that film um, is misleading. Um I think that the the art of misleading trailers just really came to its apex in 2021, 2022, because actually these two years of films just kind of meld together. And yeah, I, I started watching that, that movie. And then when I realized what it was, what it was, I stopped. I just took it off my list. I don't need that depressing stuff. I have depressing enough stuff going on. What dog? (laughs) Yeah. To be yeah. honest, Carl Dog is more is of a Sam Fuller film than White White Dog. I mean, is it satirical like White Dog? No, it's more like the Steel Helmet, especially oh, gotcha. uh, okay. especially Lawrence Harvey's character in the movie. His art from almost. Okay almost crazy to king around like a zombie by the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I might miss that one. I might miss that one. Oh, it's very depressing. I ain't going to lie, but if you're willing to take the journey, it's good. Okay, so I guess it's my number eight now? Yeah. No, you're number seven. Seven. No, it's my number number seven. No, it's my number eight because I've, I've gone. Or what, yeah, it's my, number seven. I've only yeah, done two. Yeah, we've had crossovers. Well, let me oh. put it this way. Whatever the case, it's my oh, number right. eight. right, number eight. That's right. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Sorry, sorry. And my number eight is a is a film that was actually filmed and released in its own country in 2021 but did not premiere here in the States until Shudder picked it up and put put it on in 2022. And that's an African film out of Senegal uh, called Saloon. And it's a film that's probably my, my hidden gem out of everything that I've done. And it's basically starts out as an action film. Uh, uh, trio of mercenaries escaping a coup in Guinea uh, take refuge in a hidden region on the Saloon River in Senegal. And uh, there's a curse on this area. And the curse then becomes sort of into folk horror. But it is a tremendous film. Uh, the, the, um, the cinematography in the area that they filmed this in is like 
unlike anything you've seen. And it is gorgeous. And, and the, the action, everything about this film is really, really top notch. And this one went under the, the radar and immediately after watching it, I knew it was going to be on my top 10. And, and so what I'm telling you is that the way that they approach this film is so much different than, than westernized. So, so, you know, it, it, it's much more ethereal. It's not, um, the violence isn't uh, gore-related. It's more tension. It's more the, what, what is unknown so is attacking uh, you. Like that South Africa one where the, they're trying to escape the zombies through the desert? Yeah. You know, or yeah. another one that came up to mind is Dust Devil. You know, I mean, it sort of has that that feel dust devil where you're not sure what's good or what's bad about that character. And, and the same thing here. Uh, uh, it's a great film, and it's one that all, our, all your listeners, man, should check out. It is still on Shudder. Our. What? Our listeners. What's this your crap? Your, your, it's your show. Yeah, it's your but it's our list, so it's our, it's our listeners. List, okay. okay, our, our listeners. listeners. Okay, so Saloon. Yeah, give yourself that, a little that, credit for one. Okay, hold, hold on. Hold on. I just want to spell it for people. S-A-L-O-U-M. Saloon. Okay, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. Well, I said give yourself a little credit every once in a while. Goddamn. <laughs> <coughs> but okay, so there you go. There's my number. Eight. Yeah. And Vicky. Yeah. What's your next one? My number seven uh-huh. is Bullet Train. Bullet Train. I oh. um, I hesitated to watch this movie, but uh, I I really really super enjoyed it. And so it's my number seven. It barely missed my list, but it goes with what I got as best characters of last year. And that would be the amazingness that is. Let's see if Vicky can guess who I, which two characters I picked as the best of 2022. Um, I don't... I. I know. No, I do I know. You go, you you do it, Carl. Lemon and tangerine. Lemon and tangerine. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you know those brothers. I was I was out with a friend yesterday, and we were talking about uh, the movie, how much we both enjoyed the movie, and how much uh, we like the brothers. They're brothers, you know, yeah. from other mothers, but still, they're just they care for you. Oh God. That movies, yeah, they're great. They're great. Yeah, and the fact that uh, Lemon compares people to Thomas the Tank Engine character. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. The yeah, I don't, uh, who's the scriptwriter of that? Because that is um, that is some funny stuff. 
And it's nice you, to see you know, Brad Pitt play a doofus. Right, right. Well, you know, Brad Pitt played me. I don't know if anyone knows this, but he kept saying, you know, he's got the worst luck in the world, and that yeah. that is my freaking life. Um, I have, even my stepdad used to say that to me when, when something, the most bizarre, weird shit happens to me. He goes, you have the worst luck in the world. And so Brad Pitt says it throughout the movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that so, so I, need, I need to interrupt here. You actually wrote it. It's, it's Zach Olkowitz did the screenplays, and it's based on a manga by Kotaro Isaka. And uh, well, I, this particular film missed my top ten, but it has my nomination for the most fun movie, with the exceptional one, which is on my list, uh, uh, of the year. This is an absolute fucking blast. This one, yeah, like I said, and this one barely missed my made missing my top ten, but it's got my most favorite characters of last year, Lemon and Tangerine. I love yeah. that at the end of the movie, spoilers, that when that girl yeah. is standing there, I'm going to be the new ruler. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> brown, that truck come through. And then if you don't notice, you look up and there's a lemon and a tangerine on yeah. it. <laughs> oh, that movie, because every time you think you know the joke, it it puts another joke on top of it. Which makes you laugh harder. That's what. Oh, yeah. that's a, it's a brilliant. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. And um, for a movie that has the most, dep- I mean, a season, a year that has the most depressing mother effing movie ever. That movie, Bullet Train. Thank God. Thank the the Hollywood or the the Sony or whoever made that movie. Thank those gods. Because, boy, did we need that movie. Yeah, and uh, Carl? Yes? I love you like a brother, and I always will. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Don't you remember that joke? He's oh, like, absolutely. You mean it? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. It's one of those that just goes insane from like the start and you don't know where the hell it's going next. Right. It never stopped. It really is bullet. You know, it's true to its, um, its title. title. Yeah. When yeah. I used to teach school, I used to tell the kids, you know, if you're looking for a theme, always look at the title of the uh, of what you're you're reading cuz you know English class and uh this movie it it just it's so classic it's actually a classic comedy don't you think yeah and it also gets my best soundtrack too just because it has the BG songs in Japanese <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yes Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, as soon as they start that, I hear the Japanese. I was just like laughing. Yes, it's entertaining. Okay, now let's go through top to bottom. Our worst movies, or to give it to someone else, TV shows. 
Oh, so before we Lord. go on, Carl, what's your worst movie? And I think me, I, I decided to agree with you. Without a doubt. Because it made me want to scrub myself with steel wool if it's what I'm thinking. Oh, Jesus. I could only get through about 30 minutes of it, and it was horrific. And that would be blonde, Andrew Dominic. Yep. And I don't. And, and and what they do and how they portray Marilyn Monroe, which is not factual, by the way. This is based on a book of fiction by Joyce Carol Oates. And and from the get-go, it's nothing but degradation. Degradation, degradation. And it is absolutely – it was an NC-17 film. And the reason it's NC-17 is because – not just because of the sexual content, because it was so degrading. And what they, 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 they depict her doing and depict what's being done to her, it is a travesty. It is one of the most fucking awful movies I've ever seen. And I'm, I'm very hot and cold on Dominic. He actually did a film I really liked called uh, Telling Me Softly. But then again, he did uh, The Assassination of Jesse James, uh, by the coward Robert Ford, which made me fall asleep. I don't know what the fuck is on with this guy, but this movie is absolutely reprehensible, period. Worst I mean, I could just see this, him sitting around writing his script and then going, hey, let's make this film extremely rapey so we can feel sorry for Marilyn. It's not just the rape. It's not just that. It's, 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 it's the way that she's being treated by everyone. There's not one good character in that movie, at least up, up to where I saw, that even, you know. And, that, and, when you, and when you think Misty Rowe in Larry Buchanan's Goodbye Norma Jean is a, a better actress than Anna Darwin. Yeah. By the way. By the way, that's the other thing. We talked about Tom Hanks having the worst accent. She has the second worst accent. Yeah. She's Miss Cat. I'm okay, sorry, Carl. she's Miss Cat. Let's go get go something ahead. to eat because it's Vicky's turn for worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. TV show slash movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, okay, if we're going to do TV show, there were a, a lot of horrid, absolute horrid, Stick it up your butt, fantasy, um, streaming, TV shows out there, okay? And like I said, I watched Blood Origin last night, and it was horrible. And Willow is horrible. But to take Tolkien's work that everyone, everyone, well, except for these new Hollywood people, Everyone loves, except for these feminist woke bitches. Um, yeah, and I said that. Oh, come burn my house down. I don't know. Um, okay, devil's ass get here for a second, Vicky. Yeah. The people that was in charge of the show had the problem of making a Tolkien series without being able to use any of the Tolkien lore by order of the Tolkien estate. 
Okay, I've read that a million gazillion times trying to figure out what possessed these people to make a Galadriel, you know, that's how they said her name, um, that was probably as tall as I am, and I happen to be on the short side of people. When in the book, when in the books with the S, when in the stories with many S's, She's a six-foot-tall elven woman. Oh, yeah, wait, hold on. Never did she put on armor and go sword fighting, killing trolls and climbing ice mountains the way that this Galadriel is introduced. She swam a freaking ocean of a 1,000 miles without even... You know, her breath wasn't even taken away. She just swam until she came across somebody who actually, you know, was floating on a raft and helped her. And and what saved her life? Oh, come on. The whole thing, this is what's wrong. If you loved, if you loved the stories that Tolkien wrote, you would never portray these characters as they were portrayed in this god-awful rings of power. You wouldn't take the stories and twist them. Did you even watch? Did you see how Mordor was created? In the stories, Mordor is not created in one big fell swoop. Oh, all the water fell down into a volcano or into lava, and then the lava just exploded into a very tall volcano. That's not even possible. Then all the people are standing there as the pyrocastic flow comes and just overtakes them with, you know, 1,200-mile-an-hour flowing, glowing, burning rock, and they all just kind of cough. (laughs) Oh, that was pretty bad. And, And move on. To the next scene. Okay, that's just a tiny little bit of what is wrong with this show. And it's not worth a billion dollars. Yeah. (laughs) It's not even worth it. Yeah, go ahead. But I will say that me and Carl know about exploding lava, and you just don't get up and walk away from that, do you, Carl? No, you don't. Okay, you know, Netflix actually at the end of the year put on a really good documentary about those people in in 2019, in December, uh, were in the volcano. It was a tourist thing. You could walk inside a volcano down in New Zealand, and those suckers were inside the volcano when it freaking exploded, and 40 people died. And I think there were 21, 22 people died. There were 40 people there, something like that. It is. It shows you exactly what happens when you are inside a volcano. And what happened on the uh, Rings of Power doesn't even come close to what happens to people when they're that close, even an elf. So... They're, they're, they tried to defend themselves, and then they stopped defending themselves by getting it all wrong and just blamed us fans because we're just twisted, misogynist um, haters, and we're not woke enough for what they did. 
And I'm so tired of that word woke that I just want to shove it down their throats. But anyway, yeah, Netflix put on a really good documentary about what happens when you're in the wake of a, a volcano exploding. And also, excuse me, if the volcano exploded with a pyrocastic flow like that, you know how Mount Doom is that perfect symmetrical volcano that comes up to a cone? Well, that's not what happens when you get the pyrocastic flow. So they got it wrong. Yeah, but All the you way around. forget in the Lord of the Rings, the... Uh... Sauron took an exploded volcano and made it into his forge. Right. Well, you could do that during the time that the volcano, because volcanoes only erupt. If they're active, you have to stay away from them. But if they're dormant, they only erupt a few hundred years or maybe a thousand years or, you know, Yellowstone hasn't erupted in a long time. That's kind of scary. So, you know, why didn't you, why didn't they just consult a volcanologist and say, hey, we had this idea of doing this. What they couldn't pay out of that billion dollars they used, they couldn't pay for a con- consultation with a volcanologist. How much could that well, cost? Well, Vicki, one thing is that Leonard Nimoy died. So, you know, the preeminent volcanologist had passed away. <laughs> and plus. Vulcans like to fuck their sisters nowadays, so that's another washout. <laughs> that's right. Oh my, let's not even talk All about that. All they had to do Ring of Power is they should have watched the Northman, shouldn't they, Carl? Oh, absolutely. And we'll get to that momentarily. If I could just interrupt too, I just want. I know, Vicky, you saw this. I'm done. And, I, and but... this is my worst uh, TV series of of the year. And that would be Inside Man, which starred David Tennant oh, and oh Stanley Tucci. And, and all I can say is that the people in this particular thing are so fucking stupid. I could, I mean, it's just stupid, 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 stupid. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It was awful. You do a horrible deadly man love. Yeah, that I had to stop watching. I stopped watching it. I stopped. For one thing, I wrote a book on pedophiles, okay? Not because I think they're cool or anything, not because I'm a Democrat, because I'm not, any of that stuff. I wrote it oh. back when I was with the sheriff's department who uh, we used to catch pedophiles, okay? So I'm watching this show, and I go, is this going where I think it's going? And sure enough, it's going with a misunderstood, um, uh, a a young, uh, a teenager, an older teenager, who's going to be accused of what this other guy is actually doing. A What is he, a a priest in the making or something? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, no, not David Tennant, but the guy oh, who oh, actually right, right, was right. doing, who's actually the pedophile, mm-hmm. whose mother is the crazy woman. Okay, I mean, the tropes and the, is, are just in, insane in this, this stupid, 
stupid series. I don't know who wrote it, but they're they need they need a raspberry. A couple of them. Uh, uh, guess who wrote it? Mark who? Gaddis. Mark Gaddis. <gasps> no, my favorite. He wrote that. Dare I think him. I know. I'm gonna have to I write him a letter. <laughs> I'm gonna have to yeah. write him a letter because I mean, how dare him after. The, the brilliance of Sherlock and Doctor Who. How dare him! Oh, like oh, hold on like just this. a second. No, Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat wrote. <gasps> oh, how dare him! How dare those guys collaborate on that? That is just sensationalism bullshit. No, it wasn't Gaddis. It was Moffat. I was wrong. It's only Moffat. Well, Moffat, yeah. you know, wrote our best, our favorite speech of Doctor yeah. Who. I know. How dare they got all the I should throw my book my book is old now, you know, it's it's um twenty one years old. Uh, it was published in two thousand one, right before <laughs> right before everything went to shit. Um uh, I had a I had a stunt in my book. Like, dudes, you could have consulted me and I could have lived off the the consultation fee fee for a year. Thanks a lot. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a terrible it's a terrible show. They're stupid. The people are stupid. I think mine would be uh, Dexter New Blood because it wasn't the ending I wanted it to be. It got dumb real quick. Isn't that the way it is with everything? These days? Yeah. Well, I forget. Look it up, Carl, for my best. Uh, look up Data Tulis and try to find uh, that one that he did for HBO Max this year. Okay, say it again. David Tulis. Okay, hold on. Oh, Go ahead, Okay. I'm almost there. Give me a sec. Uh, okay. Let's see. Okay, he was in the Nola Homes. He was in the Sandman. Landscapers. Landscapers, that's it. Landscapers. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Yeah, it was only three episodes. Carl, it's about uh, a couple who kills the woman's parents. And uh, takes over their land and money and are living in their own little fantasy world. Mm -hmm. And uh, she keeps writing letters to David Toulouse's character that's supposed to be from a famous Hollywood star who uh, who he respects a lot and starts to think that he's his friend. Interesting. Yeah, it's great, isn't it, Vicky? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean you've got these two actors who can act circles around so many others and uh, uh especially Coleman. She's just she's so fantastic. Yeah. And um uh and the the story was taken from a true life story. Yeah. And and it was written really well. Really well. And don't expect and so, a normal story, Carl, because there's scenes in the show, Carl, mm-hmm. where it switches and shows you that they're filming a TV show. 
Right, okay. Right, Vicky? Yes. Yeah, it's not uh well, you know what it is? I think it imitates life really well. Yeah. Even though they're murderers and stuff, you do feel sorry for them because, like I said, they're just living in their own fantasy world, and their biggest fear is that something's going to come and just pop the balloon of their fantasy. Well, yeah, because they're murderers. (laughs) And so, yeah, they get caught because, you know, people... And they're spending, like, thousands on movie memorabilia and things like that. Yeah, that's one I have to check out. I've been trying to bug you to watch it all year. I know, I know, I just haven't gotten it. I know. It's one of those things, guys. With everything, you know, I just passed it, it just passed me by. I have a whole list of stuff I need to see, though, and that's one of them. And one of the nicest things about it, like I said, it's only three episodes. That's about three hours, and it's over, and you're going to be pissed off when it's over because you want it to go on more. <laughs> right. That's true. It's very true because it is. It's, um, it's, it's not that the subject matter is, is uh, not a depressing sub- subject matter like so many of the other things, but it's just the script is so good that it makes these two uh, characters interesting. Like, how could they live like this? And how could they be like this? And how they didn't get caught and just for such a long time. And so, yeah, it's just good, 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 good. Good yeah. little, um, okay. what is it, a limited series. Yeah, very limited. Okay, so, now what? Uh, getting on back to the movies. Uh, who was next? So Vicky, Carl. Yeah. I think it was Let's either see. Vicky or me. Uh, I'll, no, no, I'll I did Bullet Train. I did okay. Bullet Train. Yeah. Okay. okay then so, it was mine. So, okay. Go ahead. Uh, and mine would be what I vote as the cutest movie <clears> of the year. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Wait to just don't even matter. Who cares? It's on streaming. You can order it off a twenty-four site, or you can rent it off of Amazon. And that is Marcel, the shell with shoes on, which I have not seen, but that is definitely on my list. Yeah, What's I haven't about seen it either. Is this little seashell with one eye who uh, spends his life taking care of his grandma and wonders where his family, who vanished one day when the couple who they were living with, uh, took, uh, the husband got mad and just grabbed a whole bunch of stuff from the drawer when he moved out. And the uh, only ones that were left in that house... Uh, were him and Marcel. And he ends up being a YouTube star. He has a bunch of YouTube cartoons. And Isabella Rossellini plays his grandmother. Who's taking care of, who he's taking care of because she's getting old and uh, close to death. Mm-hmm. 
but it's so cute. And it's about how he becomes a star and how he hates it. Nice. And the quote from the movie, it says, boy, these people out there who who worship people for being on YouTube are kind of stupid, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got to watch it now. I got to watch it now. Cool. And one of his favorite things to do is read all of the magazines and uh, watch uh, Wheel of Fortune with his grandmother. Aww. Yeah, it's just cute and good and sweet. You need a movie like that. You really do. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why my number one movie is my number one. Yeah, so so I guess it's on to me. My next one was my seventh film. Is a movie that got lots and lots of praise, and it well should. It's in the middle of my list uh, because there's just a couple things I have issues with, but it has the best female performance of the year. It is just an absolute mindfuck. It is wonderful. And that's everything, everywhere, all at once. It's my number seven. That's film. on my list too. That one. That's is my number six. So, yeah, that one is just so good. Oh, absolutely. And funny and Michelle, Michelle Yeoh was not the best thing in that movie. Okay, talk to me. Ki Yun Luke, the guy who played Short Round in uh, oh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He is so right. great and so sad yes. that his do- right. while his wife is dealing with all this weirdness going on and trying to deal with her daughter, basically everyone is ignoring him. Right, right, right. And it yeah. makes uh, the best, best line of the year. All I wanted was to grow old and pay bills with you. Oh, yeah. Yep. How endearing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a, it's a great film all around. It is, all it, around. Daniels, all around. Uh, and, and, and I just loved it. I loved it. Not, again, in the middle of my pack, but it's well worth watching. No question. Well, so, I was hoping that Michelle might get a um, a nod at the Academy this year. Uh, if she does, yeah. kick somebody's ass. Seriously. Yeah, because I think mine. that maybe not the movie isn't, um, you know, it's not on my top ten, but she does give a heck of a performance because she doesn't know what's going on. And so she has to be all these things almost at the spur of the moment and try to figure all this out at the spur of the moment. And that's, that's pretty, pretty good acting. Oh yeah. Because, you know, she usually uh, plays a character that knows her place, knows where she's going, knows where she's been very centered. And here is the total opposite of that. And uh, and and so I just thought it was a really great performance. Oh, absolutely, no question. 
No question at all. Best oh, female performance of the year, as far as I'm Remember concerned. Go how ahead. We were talking about uh, bros, and we're like, how could what you know what was missing from that generic so-called gay romance film? Right. Well, look at two, look at some of our best film picks. Uh, the Glass Onions had a stable gay relationship where they don't drum on the fact that they're gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The main mm-hmm. uh, argument between her mother and the daughter is her mother won't accept her girlfriend. Right. No, actually, it's the grandfather. It's the grandfather yeah, that she's but the mother of. doesn't. Well, she's yeah, but afraid. The mother, yeah. 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 But the, the mother's mother the one who doesn't tell her. Tell her. Right. Yeah, and that's true. That's very true. Uh, it's it, it. There's just so much to that film that there's so many layers, and you talk about multiverse films, and of course, Doctor Strange was out this year. This is the yeah. multiverse film. Without a yes, doubt. absolutely. None. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like okay, Dr. So, Strange walked out and went, I am multiverse film. Look how mysterious I am. Look how great I am. And all of a sudden, tap, 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 turns around, there's Michelle, yo, bitch, please. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Vic, I think it's your turn now. Oh, it's my turn? Well, my number six was that movie. And then we've also talked about my number five, which was the Elvis movie. I just want to say that the reason why I like Elvis, my mom and I watched this together, and we both were transported back into our lives, our own lives, (laughs) me as a kid, her as my mom as a young adult, and um, the – the the whole feeling back then, the late 50s, of which, you know, I was just a baby, uh, the early 60s, Elvis, uh, all of that was captured. Someone said that this movie is like a, um, like going to the best carnival you've ever gone to and having the best time of your life and you, you retain those memories. And I think that, um, I should have wrote his name down. The guy who played um, Elvis did one hell of a job. People were always like, oh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, Um, blah, blah. I think that he he doesn't exactly look like Elvis, but he, he really, Austin Butler. Yeah, I was just really about to say that for you. Yeah, he really took on the gestures, the way that Elvis spoke, uh, completely different than what Tom Hanks did in this movie. I mean, he just gave you the aura of Elvis. And the music, um, the selections of the music were perfect. The just, it was a film that um, it, it delivered. It was a biopic, and it was 
it it just delivered the feeling that it was supposed to deliver. There's so much of Elvis that's larger than life. There's his death. There's all that stuff that happened. And yet this held on to that magic of of what for so many years there was a magic and a mystique around Elvis. And that's what this movie did. And so that's why it's my number five. Okay, I want to say this. The Stiglitz doesn't mean the movie is bad because it's easier to pick, to notice a crappy performance in a really good movie yeah. than it is in a generally crappy movie. Right, Carl? Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. You know that... Tom Hanks just took you out of the movie. Every time he showed up doing his narration or he showed up in a scene or something, he, he took you out of the movie. And when he wasn't, because he's only in like a third of the movie, when he's not there, the movie just rolls along just smooth and beautiful. And so, yeah, you are absolutely right. Okay, next is a short film. It's only an hour, but God, is it good. And it's called Conspirators of Silence. What the filmmaker did is he took the Langoliers, which if you've read the book or seen the movie, is not a very good movie and not a very good book. So he cut it down to an hour and then took the film and put it on paper and just created an art masterpiece with it. Mm -hmm. I saw a scene from it. I saw a scene from it that that he sent me today, that Stephen sent me today. Yeah. Yeah. And it is something. It is something. Let me tell you. I need to find it. this guy, yeah, you can't explain it. It's 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 amazing what he did. And if you look in the corner, and Carl's seen it, I don't know if you did, Vicky, you can see during some of the tear scenes, the director's hands at the bottom corner of it, ripping up and down. Yeah. Oh, wow. That tells you something right there, too. No, it's pure genius. Pure genius. Just that clip that you sent me, it's pure genius. I can't wait to watch the whole thing because it 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 takes so many different art forms and wraps it up with film and makes a completely unique thing. And that's isn't that what we really want to see and spend our money on? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I do want to mention real quick is is – you go back into the history of experimental film, and uh, it reminds me a lot of, of um, Maya Drayan and, and, and a number of other experimental people from the 40s and 50s, including Man Ray, who did something extremely similar with what, what and, this uh, does what the does. And David Lynch's uh, short films that he would yeah. show in museums. It's like you say, it's almost like a museum installation. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it's one of those that shouldn't work as good as it does, but good God does it work. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's also Very like true. he took the best parts out of the three-hour cut of the movie and then yeah. drilled it down to an hour. Mm-hmm. Of which definitely you can. Because when I think about that movie, because I have it. I have a whole Stephen King collection. You know, I yeah. bought it one time. And uh, the Langoliers, yeah, all I can think of is lingering in the airport, lingering in the airport. Uh, that movie is just lingering and lingering and lingering. And how much you hate to linger in a freaking airport. Yeah, and this one is just bam, 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 fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. It's like they knew, the, it's like it brings up the tension. It's like. You know something's coming, and it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it brings yeah. out the best in Bronson Pinchow's performances, tuned to me. Right, right. Yep. So I guess it's my turn now? Yeah. Okay, then then my number six, there were a couple of reboots of classic horror uh, uh, things. One was Hellraiser, Reboot. which was okay, which was okay. But the reboot or the prequel or whatever you want to call it to the Predator series was absolutely <laughs> fucking beautiful. And that would be okay. Prey. Okay, let me put it this way, Carl. Wait. The best what? thing that you call Predator... that horror? <laughs> Wait, sorry. Let me finish. The best thing that Predator did too was when it showed that wall mm-hmm. that had like axes and guns from almost every time period. That just opened right. up all the time periods, you know. Yeah. Yep. That's one of the best things about the Predator is that it's a cipher. You can put it everywhere, anytime, and there's no problem. Because they're like, right. they just go on hunting. And the prey was a shock and back to Carl. I, I really don't have much to say about it except that being set in the time period with the, uh, you can actually watch the film in, in its original Cherokee language uh and they focus in uh it has women you know it has a woman hunter who is looked down upon by everyone it has a great relationship between her and her brother uh and and it's just balls to the wall action and it is so well choreographed it is so well done um, <laughs> you're forgetting this, uh, one of the I... best actors in the movie carl what the dog. Oh, the dog right. is actually fantastic. Right. Right. The dog is fantastic. Well, I have a lot to say about this movie because it's my number two. And um, if any of the writers of uh, Rings of Power, showrunners, Rings of Power, Willow, Blood Origin. Inside Man. Um, you want to look at how you create a powerful female character, then you look at this movie. Because this movie is authentic. 
This movie doesn't have any of that shoved in your face. I'm a woman, feel sorry for me, but I can beat you up too. Any of that kind of stuff. (coughs) This movie has a character that from the moment we meet her is doing this thing that she is just born to do. She's just being herself. She's out with her dog. She's really good with a bow and arrow. You know, um, she's younger than her brother. Her brother sees her talent. Her brother helps her out. All these things. And she lives in a, in a society that women don't do these things. So she lives in an oppressed female society. Yet, it's not thrown in your face. Here's some more woke shit. Here's some more woke shit. The story just starts unfolding. And she uses all her brains, all her talent, all her everything to elude death. This is a powerful female character. And I would watch more of this than I would ever watch of Rings of Power, Galadriel, or any of that crap in Willow, Alora Dannon. I can't pee right. I don't know. And, um, uh, and that Blood Origin that I watched last night. Any of those female characters, they just aren't false and aren't authentic. This movie has the authentic female strong character because yeah. it's just generic and innate. It's uh, I loved it. I loved and it. Number one, two on my list. That whole I can't pee right. That's an old man problem, not a young girl problem. Sorry. <laughs> Don't take away our peeing problems, right, Carl? Exactly. <laughs> and plus, it has one of my favorite comedic. It has my favorite comedic scene in the movie of the last year in Prey, when the dog's trying to get the bear away from her, and then all of a sudden she's standing there, and the dog comes by her, and all you can hear in your mind is that dog going run. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and yeah, that's... you guys are forgetting that, ba- that beautiful uh, throwing axe that she creates by tying the right. rawhide rope around it. Right. Oh, yeah. right. That's what I meant. You know, she's extremely smart. She's just, uh, and they don't have to have another character say, oh, look it, you're so smart. They, they they just show it. She's just doing what she naturally does. And and so it, we don't have to be preached to. This is a strong female character, not white, who is, is doing what comes natural and you love watching her. And you're wondering, how is she going to get out of this and this and this? Not, oh, somebody, other characters going, wow, what a great act. You want to teach me how you did that? In the middle of the action, like so many other scenes that are written. And I love mm-hmm. how so, the yeah. ending is hidden in the credits. Because if you don't yes. notice the writing in the credits background, you won't understand that they're pretty much fucked. <laughs> they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's a great absolutely. film. It's a great film. It's a great film. Yeah. That's why it's number two on my list. 
It just has everything done so well. And great scenery. Oh, my God, the scenery is just breathtaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another one. Okay, I think it's on to, on, on to somebody. Oh, I don't Vicky, know because that was you, yeah. yours, Carl. Uh, Vicky took it over, but it's yours. Yeah. Vicky. I'm so sorry, but. Okay, no, 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 that's exactly what we do. Don't feel sorry. Okay. All right, my number four is 3,000 Years of Longing. I know that's on your list, Carl. And, well, it's um, you go first and I'll go second because you just took my favorite film of the year. Okay, well, well, well I'm not taking it because it's my no, number no. four. No, so, no, no, that's um, fine. Go for it. Because go for it because I, I know you love I, this movie. Go for it. I did love this movie, but I still think there are problems with it. And so that's why it's not my number one, although it's number mm-hmm. four. Um, okay, wait, movie... Vicky. Let's let yeah. Carl say why he loves it, and then you okay. bring up what problems you have with it. That just okay. seems yeah. like an interesting. Perfect. Okay, go, Baldy. Yeah. Go, Baldy. <laughs> go, Baldy. Go, Baldy. <laughs> I am not bald. <laughs> Almost. I have hair oh, like you be. wouldn't believe. I have more hair well, than you. it off. Not me. <clears throat> what I love about this is the number of things. Okay, three thousand <laughs> years alone. The visuals are stunning. The story, the stories of the Jin, uh, which is Idris Elba, uh, and 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 how these things relate to uh, all of the um, uh, folk tales. And the Arabian tales that that I know are just it's just wonderful, but it's also the relationship between Tilda Swinton as a storyologist, so to speak, and 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 uh, Elba as the jinn, and what the relationship evolves, and what is her what is her wish? What is our wish? If we had one wish. What would it be? And what it turns out to be is that we have a story that has to be told. Because at the end of the, when all is said and done, she, instead of studying stories, she shares her own in writing. And, and, and that makes everything live on. And it, it, it to me, this was very spiritual film for me. It wasn't That's religious. Me. But hold on just a second. Okay. Uh, it wasn't religious, but it was very spiritual, and it spoke to me in terms of what our legacies are and, and how, how, how uh, we live on, you know, in our thoughts and other people's thoughts, how all that works together. And um, it really, really made an impact on me. It's my favorite film of the year. And now I'll give it over to Vic. Before you go, let me okay. say this. Carl, yeah. you're forgetting. Yeah. For a lot of women, and I'm not just talking black women, white women, Puerto Rican women, Mexican women, if they had one wish, it probably would be for Idris Alba. And let me tell you something. On the other end, for me, it's for Tilda Swinton is one of my babes. So, yeah, I'm I'm all there. Am I right, Vicky? No comment. <laughs> He's on the list. Yeah. He's definitely on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but there, 
there were parts of this movie that that the pacing I thought was too slow, especially towards the end. I know that I think what they were trying to build into it was reflection, mm-hmm. and but I I found it that it wasn't. I found it more um, um, too slow. And so, but you're absolutely right. This is a movie about story. This is about what we have lost over the past, like, 15 years. Hollywood doesn't know how to tell a story anymore. They just can't do it. And and there are so many bad movies and so many so-so movies. Nobody can write a good character. Nobody can write a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Nobody wants to do that. Everything needs to be subverted. Well, you subvert it enough, you're going to lose lots and lots of money, people. And that's what this movie is about, how to tell story and how important story is to us, to us human beings. Dogs don't tell stories. Guinea pigs don't tell stories. Those fish in your aquarium don't tell stories. And they are fish in aquarium, and your dog is subject to your whims. And it's it's a uniquely human thing. And subverting storytelling for uh, as a fad or as a as a trendy trend is okay, but for everything to be subverted means that you don't even love humans. And so this was a movie about loving humanity about loving mm-hmm. who you are. But it just was, the pacing was too slow. It was just too slow. That's that's what I really, why it's number four and not number one on my list. See, I think I, 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 I responded to the reflection of the end. Of it. I, uh, to me, it felt right. But then again, I also understand exactly what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So you know you can, but but nonetheless, you know the pacing problem might have knocked it down four spots or three spots for you, but you know what? Still one of the best movies of the year, no matter what. Period. Yeah, I agree. And it, oh, unfortunately, totally it got on a lot of lists of the worst movies of the year, and the people that didn't like no. it. Shall we just say what their age is? Oh God, I could already tell you. They're they're okay. thirty five and you? younger. Yeah. Thirty five and younger. Because those it's people a... are visual. They they are on TikTok. They don't know how to tell a story, and TikTok ruins your brain. So I said that too. <laughs> okay. Oh, and, I, I guess. Okay. Now before I tell my next one, Vicky, if you don't tell dogs can tell stories. You sat with two yep. dogs, and there's something chewed up in the middle of the floor, and you try to get <laughs> them to say which one of them did it. You're going to hear some yeah, okay. stories. Not, bit, not yeah. audio story, but you're going to hear some bullshit. Which one of them did that? They'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> you're right. But my you're next right. one is the black phone. Oh, and it was so good. And it's not what you think it is. They portray it like Ethan Hawke's character is like some kind of monster. But really what it's about is this little boy gets captured by him. 
And he starts getting phone calls from the ghost of the boy who's killed. So it ends up being like a mental and physical battle between him and Ethan Hawke. I've heard nothing but good things about it, and it is yeah, on my list. Pl- yeah, streaming. and it plays more of a thriller than a horror film. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke is just so good in it. Oh, he's so good. He's just I would another recommend one of this. those. Yeah, it's another one of those that didn't get the love because all the horror fans were drooling over, oh, Terrifier 2. Please. Okay, is it my turn now? I guess. Yeah. So we talked about Bullet Train being so much fun, and it is, and you should see it. But you should see this movie, which is the most fun I had watching a film this year. It is an absolute fucking blast. And it is a musical. And it is a uh, a, a movie about imperialism. And it is a bromance. You talk about a bromance? Oh, my God. And it's Hindi. And it is wonderful. And it is RRR. And it is... And it has someone punching... And it has one of the heroes punching out a fucking tiger... With his bare hands. It's just a fucking blast. This is just the most fun movie I saw all year. And at three hours, you think it's long. It goes by so quick, you don't even know it's three hours. That's how much action, how much fun, how much music, (laughs) how much dance-offs. Oh, my God, the dance-offs, the choreography. Busby Berkeley is, is... is is drooling in his grave at how good this choreography is. Okay, it is what's the movie? Amazing. R R R. Oh, Three what R's. is that? I don't. What is it's it? It's on uh, Netflix. It's Hold a Hollywood musical slash action film. Hold on, because RRR does mean something. Just a second. Okay. Oh, I'll look it up. Um, revolt. Uh, re- it's like revolt, repeat, something. But it's really, really good. It is outstanding. And like I said, they have a grown man punching out a tiger with his bare hands. That just takes the 11 already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, it's about imperialism. It's about uh, so, so much. And it's, it's just tremendous. It's tremendous. And, and these two people, they don't realize that the, uh, the bromance, that they're actually on opposite sides. And it's about India getting its independence, too. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. It is literally the jaw-droppingest film I saw all year. It's just hmm. unbelievably good. Well, I'll have to watch it before I get rid of my Netflix. <laughs> okay, okay I guess it's you, Vic. Yeah. 
Okay, since we, I'll go with my number three, which I never thought up until I watched the movie that I was ever going to like this movie. And that is the movie with the stupidest title ever called Nope. <laughs> you know, it was hard to find a science fiction movie that I liked. Um, and there is another one that I liked a lot also called um, Deus. And uh, uh, that's just a straight science fiction movie, and it's on my top science fiction list. But uh, nope, uh, Jordan Peele has to work really hard for me because I watch his stuff, but there I can pick apart his stuff. He just is, like, transparent to me. Yet this film had me going in so many different spots. Plus, the whole, um, he and his um, his family do what I always, when I used to live on a ranch, I this is what I wanted to do with my life, was to train horses for entertainment, for, you know, I wanted to make sure the horses were taken care of, who are always in the movies and in TV shows and all of that, and that's what um, his story characters do. And so I was just taken in by that completely. And I never thought that I would like the characters. I never thought that I would get into the characterization at all. But his uh, lead character is just so likable. And he loves the animals so much. And then they have... Then the group next door has this carnival thing and it's out in the desert and I grew up in the desert and everything is so authentic. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the desert for you. When they're out on the road and there's just miles and miles of barbed wire fencing, that's the desert for you. It was just so good and the sci-fi element in it is just so much fun that, yep, Nope is number three on my list. I really, really liked it. I ha- I've been waiting to say uh, this, and I have to say this, and Carl knows what I'm going to say. Nope yeah. is the best movie with a giant killer asshole since Rectuma. <laughs> I think or or like the Doom thing. Patrol, too. Don't forget the Doom Patrol. That's, yeah. That's, that's them, too. But, yes. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, Vicky. That spaceship and no, once you get to see the underside, that is a giant killer asshole. Well, I think that's exactly what he, I think that's exactly what it is. I don't think he makes any bones about it. I mean, he he gets rid of all the things that kill the father. You know, is that nickel? Um, it, where does... Where does the stuff that when you eat and you're going to excrete the leftovers, where does it come out, right? And that's what because came out, just because it's metal. I mean, oops, I didn't say yeah, that. really, you could talk to me about that. Like, uh, I'm so regular right now in the morning. We, we, we won't okay. go there. Okay. Yeah, please. <laughs> Let's not talk about your bowel problems. <laughs> um, but I want you. <laughs> but see, you know, it's he brings up all these different things that no one ever thinks about when, you know, like when the blob eats p- 
people, the blob goes and blobs around, goes into a movie theater, eats all those people. Doesn't it ever excrete anything? And so, actually, I think no. But funny. in the remake, they cover it pretty good. I love the fact that in the remake of the blob, the more that it eats, the redder it gets. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's important. That's the important stuff. And so I like this movie. I didn't think I was going to like it. My son loved it. He's like, Mom, you got to watch it. you got to watch it. And so when it came on Peacock, you can watch it on Peacock. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. I'm like, finally, a science fiction movie I actually like, along with Deus. Um, yeah. So that's that's fine. Okay. Are we Steven, on number three you. or number two? That I don't was know. my number three. I was. Well, uh, that was my number three because my number two was Prey, and we already talked about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Well, my number, my number three one. will be one that's supposed to come out two years ago, but it didn't, and that would be. Uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile. I'm sorry. I'm oh, a yeah. little. I'm a little. I'm a little bitch when it comes to uh, Agatha Christie and her cool Patero movies. And I love uh, Kenneth Branagh's her cute version of Hercule Patero. I like it. Yeah. If I had any complaints about it, it's the same complaint I had with the novel, and is that it takes too long for the story to really start moving its gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's always the, you're right. That's the story's problem because any of those Death on the Nile films are the same exact way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, just just so you know, I watched something last night. Uh, which is um, called, uh, hold on, um, See How They Run. And it's, uh, and it's a murder oh, mystery, yeah. which was that. a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's a murder mystery of the uh, theater uh, uh, that's doing The Mousetrap. And it's with Sam, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Can't think of it. But Suarez Ronan, who's fucking hysterical in it. And it's, and it's a slight oh, film, but is. it's a lot of fun. She's- Oh, I've been waiting to see that one. The one based, the one where the murders are based on a product, cursed production of the mousetrap. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. I'm going to see that. But it's yeah, fun. It's, I not, like, it's not one of the best films of the year, but it's yeah. a lot of fun. It's and fun. it's very dry humor. Well, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. I love Death on the Nile. It's good, but it doesn't rank with my top two. Okay. So. I have three more to go because 3,000 Years of Longing is my number one, of course. And this one, I know I'm going to get shit from you, Stephen, so I'm, I'm putting it, I'm strapping in. And this is my favorite, favorite documentary of the year. just came out. It's called Senior. And it is basically Robert Downey Sr. was a filmmaker who did Putney Swope and and a number of things, of course, his son is Robert Downey Jr. And they decided to start a documentary about his father. And during this 
the period of time that this is being shot, which is over three years, we see Robert Downer Sr. start to die from um, Parkinson's disease. And we see him uh, during, during all this, you know, just get worse and worse and worse. And it is heartfelt. It is absolutely had me crying at the end. I was literally in tears. And yes, we know what you're going to say, Stephen. We've talked about this a lot over the phone. Yeah. Hey, I no. Care. Hold on. Hey, hold on. No. Let me finish. Let me, let, let me finish just because just a second. Here. No, you, you but call I am me telling out everyone. I am telling everyone. Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm telling everyone this is something that is very, very special to me. This is probably the most personal film I saw. I know, just just to let you know, I'm not the only one who has it on my top list. So does Daniel Kramer, who we'll talk about a little bit here later. <clears throat> but go ahead, Stephen. You can you can uh, run it down as much as you want. If go you want it. to watch a good version of the same story, try to catch if it's still up on uh, Criterion. My name is Gulipi based on the life of David Gulati. And it is just a gorgeous film, and he's basically just blunt and honest. And it has more art and more soul in it than Senior. Well, what I would say, Gooey Pill would be on my list, too, of top ten. But it was 2021. Uh, but it's a great film. I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, and they're both extremely heartfelt and well, very, very... Well, it's not my top uh, ten for the yeah. same reason, too, but it's great. I mean, yeah. there's just so just, many scenes that kill you. Like, uh, Vicky, there's, like, scenes that just show him standing there, and you think that it's just a picture of him, mm-hmm. but then you catch out of the corner of your eye, the grass starts blowing... Or there's someone just talking or a bird flying by. And then you're in sort of shock that, oh, my God, this is not a still picture. And those still shots tell more about him than some of the talk, some of the narration he gives about his own life. It's a really good film. And, 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 uh, Gooey Pill is a great film, but I also recommend very, very strongly Senior. So there this you go. was a good year for, let's just say, this was a good year for the documentary. And I'll yep, bet you none of them were up for an Academy Award. I'll bet you. No. But we've well, talked about that before. No, I said none of them will be up for an Academy Award. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked none about that good before. Ones. Okay. So I guess it's to Vic now? Is it to Vic? Yeah. Or is it to you? It's to me if Vicky doesn't have another one left. I have a, my not, number one. None. Okay. I just, I well, have let my me get my left. number two. Let me get my number two out of the way so we can do number one all at once. Okay. This is a story of a hardwalking musician who is mentored by this guy who is basically, he is a 
is like the king of his subject. And not only is it a great rockumentary, it's one of the fun- it may be the funniest damn movie of last year and I wish you could see it, Carl. I know. I this is on my list. I have to see this. And this is weird, the Al Yankovich story. It's basically Al Weird Al making a bullcrap documentary about his life. And how his and how his uh, father hates him because he plays the accordion. <laughs> and, and he so, has a Go ahead. And he has a uh, love affair with Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, after they have their love affair, him and Madonna kill uh, Pablo Escobar, but then Madonna <laughs> takes over Pablo Escobar's uh, drug uh, cartel. Cartel. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and he, Al goes to a party with uh, Dr. Demento, and he meets Divine dressed like he's dressed in pink flamingos, who's standing next to Paul Rubens, who's dressed as uh, Pee Wee Herman. And uh, get to, Roger Taylor from Queen is begging Weird Al to do a parody of one of their songs. While Wolfman Jack, played by Jack Black, is standing there. And on the other side is, okay, we're going in overtime in about 90 seconds. And on the other side is the one and only Frank Zappa. Nice. And it's the only nice. film you're ever going to get to hear. I'll make you a big success like Wild Man Fleischer and... Uh, What's that other guy you like that did Dead Skunk? The Wild Man Fleischer. Yeah, it'll make you a big star like Wild Man Fleischer and Loudon Wainwright the Third. <laughs> you mean the Loudon Wainwright the Third? The Wild Man Fisher? Yes. <laughs> That's great. I, I have oh, to see this. I absolutely yeah. fucking have it, to see it, this. I yeah. almost turned it on the other day. Now I'm going to turn it on for sure. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I almost turned it on because it just seems like um, – isn't isn't Daniel Radcliffe in it also? He, he, yeah, he yeah, plays. He's, 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 he's weird, weird, weird Al. Yeah. Yeah, um, that just that just intrigues me completely. Intrigues me that Daniel Radcliffe is um, uh, Weird Al, and he looked like him in the pictures and the trailer I watched. And I'm just like, you know, this looks like a pretty damn funny movie. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is. this is right at my mind. It is, it is. I, I was mean, like you're, you're laughing and crying the whole time. Nice. So so at this point, we're going toward our number one. I actually have two movies, which I'll do very quickly. Okay. Okay. Do do your two, and then we'll get to number – do your two, but save save the one that you're going to – Well, my number one has already been taken, which is 3,000 years of Okay, we'll save one of them. Okay, then I'm going to go with – What do you think is more impotent? I'm going to go with my favorite animated film of the year. It is a film that 
really, you know, Bob Vicky and I are nearly the same age, and we grew up oh, during the God. 60s just absolutely, you know, wanting to see people on the moon and astronauts. And we, you know, everybody wanted to conquer space. And and uh, Richard Linklater is our age also. So he did a film called Apollo 10 and a Half. And um, it, it, it premiered on Netflix, and it is a tremendous film about growing up during that time. At that time, he was in Houston, Texas, where where, um, where uh, NASA had, had, and his father actually worked for NASA. Uh, and it, it, it's a tremendous film. It's a tremendous film. And it, it goes through all the stuff that, that you know, the – the race relations, everything that was happening at that time. It's rotoscoped. It's, it's, it has humor. It has pathos. It's a wonderful film. And for those that have not seen it, I recommend it highly. It's my number three film of the year. And it was, it was animated by Richard Linklater using his toes, and he was pissed off the first time because it didn't take him 10 years, so he threw away the first copy of it. <laughs> then he did it again, making sure it took him ten years. And uh, he your made sure, yeah. Uh, that's a bunch of bullshit, by the way, people. Uh, but he, yes, it's he actually is. only like about a hundred minutes long. It's not too long, and it, it, it's it's a really good film. And I know I recommended it to you, Vicky. I don't think you've seen it yet, but I would nope. recommend it highly for you. Seriously. I know, but that whole rotoscope thing. It works. Well, sometimes it really we, works. It, no, it didn't. Well, you say it worked, you know, and uh, I like Waking Life, but I don't like, um, I mean, I like the story of, um, you know, the Philip K. Dick film, but I yeah, don't like. Yeah, Darkly. Yeah, but I just have a hard time watching it. Um, Waking Life is okay. Uh, it ha- I don't know. It's better for some reason. But it's hard to watch something I don't like. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like the rotoscope thing. I don't like it. Let's color okay. over live action. Why don't we do that? Just color over it. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, it and works so, for the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, darn it. I, I jumped on the Disney site and said some really bad things about that. And, man, the people came after me like I was the Freaking Satan, okay? <laughs> so I don't want to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas stupid special. How's that for a change, Carl? Instead of her coming after <laughs> you yeah, like you're Satan, Satan, people coming after her. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, Usually you know, you're the one who's Satan. Yes. <laughs> and so here's the deal. Don't go after Disney favorites. They will. They will try to kill you. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we're on on to uh, Vicky, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What's oh, your last my, one? My number one of the year. Yeah. Is Brian and Charles? Oh, I knew I was going to like this the first time I saw the trailer, and I just waited and waited and waited till I could see it because, of course, I live in a really strange 
spot on the globe, and movies like this hardly ever come here. In fact, my favorite movie theater was closed down, and they would have run it. But anyway, um, yeah, our movie theaters got smaller this year as far as as many theaters to go see something. So anyway, Brian and Charles is just this tiny little film about this tiny little man who, unlike that horrible, depressing movie about tiny little men, this movie is about a man who doesn't take his life seriously and yet loves every moment of his life. And so he's an inventor, and that's Brian. Brian, we come into his life, and he's talking to the camera. He's always talking to the camera. So there's a third person there. So he's always talking and saying, this is my workshop do, and when I just invent things. I have lots of time on my hands, so I do this and that. And we, we see his house. It's all cluttered and everything. And he's just this very interesting guy down the street, the guy down the street whose um, garage is full of stuff that you never talk to. You say hi to him at the mailbox, and that's about it because he's very eccentric. So that's Brian. And then one day Brian picks up, um, he, he, he takes roadkill. He calls it roadkill, but it's not like the, the, the dead animal roadkill. It's like the stuff people throw out of the back of their trucks. Oh. And he brings it to his workshop. And so this is how he builds Charles. And Charles is a robot who comes to life. And Brian doesn't even really know how he brought um, Charles to life. And Charles is a kick in the butt. He's so funny as he comes to life and becomes an actual person, you know. And, uh, And so it's just a tiny little film with lots of charm, lots of humanity. And then I have to, I have to call out Louise Blaley. Um, I think her name is Braley. She plays Hazel, and Hazel is this tiny little woman who takes care of her mother and uh, lives this tiny little life, and she gets along with Brian. In fact, she and Brian start having a relationship, a tiny, quaint, little eccentric relationship, and Charles is a part of this, and it's just a heartwarming, life-affirming. It doesn't matter how small your life is. You matter, and you matter to other people. It's just the best feel-good movie I I watched all year with great performances by the actors. The script is charming. It's just I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And on the ratings, it got a, a 4.5 out of 5 stars. So, you know, I'm not too wrong when it comes to you will enjoy this movie. Cool. Yeah, it's Brian on my list. Charles. I haven't seen it, but it's definitely on my list. So, Stephen, you got what? You got your last one ready to go? Oh yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It's a heartwarming tale about a priest who finds this guy sleeping in a pew in his church, and how because it's the Christmas season. And he's trying to bring more sh- more sheep into his flock. He lets him and his girlfriend into her house. 
And then it Mistake. gets dark as midnight. And that would be the leech. Okay, I this need to step is, in here. What? Wait, so, me, I got to lead in for you. Carl, I got to lead in for you. And this movie was so dark that even Carl was fucked up by it. Now, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. We did a commentary watch on this. (laughs) And I say this is a really good movie, but I can't revisit it because you have to revisit it. And, And it touched on a lot of theology that I actually believe in and then just fucking destroyed it. It's Oh my God! This one did a friggin' number on me. It, it's a rough film for me. It's a very, very rough film, and uh, I do not. Uh, it is a very good film. It's well done, well acted, everything. But it's a film I cannot recommend. <laughs> at least not at this point until I go back. And and be able to really like like absorb what it did because it shocked the shit out of me, seriously. So there, that's what I would say. It was my favorite film of the year. I recommend it, but it bites and it bites hard. hard. Exactly. Exactly. The last twenty minutes of this movie, I was just sitting there with my jaw open. I was, yeah. They didn't even close. I just sat there. Just yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will say this. Of the Christmas commentaries we watched, this was a very good film. But if you want one that's a lot more entertaining, go back to uh, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. But this, this one, this one, if you watch this one, strap yourself in because you need to. This one's tough. Yeah. On Shutter. Yes. Arrow. Oh, it's on Arrow. That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's just. And yeah. All okay. three so... of the leads, all four of the leads, are just so freaking great in this. Oh, absolutely. The acting is 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 absolutely fantastic. No question. No question. Uh, so I guess it's on to me. Uh, and one thing I do suggest is once once I'm done and once we're all done is to go back and go from 10 to 1 what all our lists were so people can, can get it. But my number two is, okay, so we I know Stephen and I have done a lot of uh, uh, talking about one of our favorite newer directors, and that's Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers, of course, did The Witch, and then he did The Lighthouse. Well, this year, he comes up with The Northman, which is basically Macbeth. Okay? This is on your list? uh, This is number two on my list. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. Why? (laughs) Why, Vicky? Why are you laughing? I, I can't say it. It keeps going calm. Yes, you can. Go for it, Vic. No, you have a chance you... to destroy me. Go for it. No, 
I will destroy you after you say why it's such a good movie. <laughs> oh my god. It's comfy. <laughs> well good. I pissed both you off. I pissed Steven off with, with the lake later and senior and now I piss you off. That's great. I'm happy with it. Um I'm I'm okay. laughing, I'm not pissed off. I'm in shock. <laughs> <laughs> The Northman, to me, was an amazing visual feast, number one. Number two is the connection with, with uh, Norse mythology and the rituals <laughs> that they did, which many people think are silly, but I bought it. I bought it. I, I, I really, really <sighs> think this film is amazing. Uh, it's it's full of mud and grit and and darkness and and uh, it's just it was it transported me to a whole different place a whole different universe that I've never seen in that much detail. Um, and that's just the new man. Yes, that's true. But but you know the other thing is it's it's not. You know, it wasn't like the actors were acting. It's almost like they were living in their skins in this. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you want to see what? why not to get on a, a blazing volcano <sighs> to look in it, just look at the end of the Northman. But it, it's, all, it's all done, it's all done in, 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 in a style that's not realistic but still brings you to a different place. Now, Vicki, go for it. Tell me, tell me I'm wrong and tell me how stupid the movie is. It's fine. Okay. All right. Here's the deal. Yes, it's, um, it is like, it takes you into like a, uh, a, another world, like you're reading a story. Yes, absolutely. I will grant you that. A whole new world. but if you want some authenticity and you want to really get into what the vikings were like then you sit down and you watch the five or six seasons of the vikings that the history channel did because there you're going to get some of what carl already said this movie has this movie has overacting like i like Oh, my God. I was just – I got up and walked away at one point, and I'm not a great fan of Nicole Kidman. She has her hits and misses. She she can do really – she was a great Stepford wife, okay? Her in this movie was the biggest miscast of the entire year. She was horrible. Her acting was so bad, I just – I, I'm like, give me my phone. I think I'm going to scroll through um, social media because I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Um, after watching all summer long the Vikings, I'm really looking forward to the Northmen. Here it is on Peacock. I can watch it for free. You know, and I'm like, okay, and I got my mom. Let's watch it because we've watched the Vikings. Let's watch this. And I'm just like, What? Who made this up? Oh, the guy who did the freaking witch. I hate that movie because he hates women. This guy hates women. 
And if you don't believe me, watch his three movies that, that Carl has said he's um, put out. He hates women. And so the Vikings didn't hate women. Viking women had their place. Yes, they had slaves and they had men slaves and women slaves. But if you were born into the Viking, um, into a certain village with a certain clan. place, the women were equal. Okay? Clan. So, clan, thank you. Thank you. So this movie hit me inauthentic in every single way. And you know what? The Rotten Tomatoes, I don't really care about Rotten Tomatoes too much, but for once the audience got it right, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 64. So it gave it, you know what, in school that would be um, a D minus. Ah. Okay, let's say a low D, uh, almost a D minus. I'd be telling my kids, "Hey, she's it's a teacher, Carl. A You're not. She can she can yeah. tell you more about grades. Don't mess with a pro." <laughs> That's right. And so this is a D minus, and it deserves that that rating because it's not authentic. It is not. Well, the interesting I mean, thing about some... what you're saying is, take a look at the at the uh, credit scan, because if you take a look at the credits, and I did, um, there are seven people that are called historical uh, um, advisors, and there are three people that are uh, um, what they call religious, or not religious, but they call uh, uh, ritual advisors. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, Viking rituals and sacrifice are pretty damn easy to throw into your movie because they are all blood sacrifice and they're very well, no. well what the whole, the whole thing about going underground and doing the wolf thing and that you know I've never seen that before never and, and, and Have you also the Vikings? You know, I've never seen the Vikings so I can't I can't uh, uh, make a comment on that but I have seen the Norseman with Lee Ray Majors, and let me tell you something, The Northman is <laughs> ten times the movie that is, even though I love Charles <laughs> D. Pierce. I'm just saying. Yeah, Lee Majors, okay? That's all you had to say. <laughs> Carl? Yes? Uh, the Northman okay, may now. be a movie, but it can't no Valhalla Rising. Give me Mads as a, in an Odin tale. Yeah, no, that's a good one, now, too. There you go. That it's not a good one. That is the best film. That has hardly any any dialogue at all. You watch what goes on with the character. That is some real authentic stuff. Okay, Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård. He's uh, I didn't of the whole Skarsgård family. If it says Alexander on it, I'm like, oh crap, Mr. Ego. Um, in the Vikings that the History Channel did, um, there's also a Skarsgård in that. And he is fantastic. He's throughout like, all the seasons. And so I would, if you like, I would actually say, you know what? Watch the Vikings. Get it on whatever you can. Um, Peacock has it. So if you spend five bucks, you can get Peacock for a whole month. And you can watch the Vikings. You can binge it. And especially the first three 
three seasons are just absolutely the best. And if you like ritual and sacrifice and the whole um, uh, what goes on with clans and their religion and their gods and, and their fears and all of that, then watch the Vikings, don't watch the Northmen. But I'm going to defend the Northmen one way. The Norsemen is not based on Viking tradition. It's based right. on the cursed tale of the Dane. Yeah. Any, produ- uh, any production of that play has been deemed cursed. Hmm. To well, the point where is- the, if you're on stage, you do not mention the play's title. Am I right, Carl? That's true. That's true. That's very true. Uh, I again, I I just really like the movie. I I, I was just that's all it man. Yeah, that's you know. true. So that's me. They are our personal list. I just, yeah, I'm yeah, really, yeah. really shocked that that's your, that's on your list, though. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess two. I shouldn't be. Yeah, I guess okay. I shouldn't be since you guys, both of you think The Witch is such a freaking great movie. Oh, my God. It has Girl ghosts gets in a period called The Witch. It's a great movie. Oh, jeez. No, The <sighs> Witch has a goat in it that can write and walk on its front hooves. <laughs> Okay, you're right. Sorry. That is pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah, Black Phillip. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you know, he loves his goats. That's all we'll say. I do. Yeah. I know. But before we go, let's talk about the stupidest controversy of this year. And Carl, me and him talked about this war. Wednesday sucks. Why? Louis Guzman doesn't look anything like Gomez Adams. (sighs) Unbelievable stuff. Have they ever read any? Uh, I'll let Carl say it because I love the way he says it, talking about their stupidity. What's the line that you say every time? Now you ask me that, I can't remember. But what I will say. Have they ever read... The, what? the fucking Adams. comics. Yeah, yeah. The Charles Adams comics. Luis Guzman is spot on as Gomez. Okay, and don't forget also, I'm very, very predilected to love Luis because we I actually played poker with him two or three times. Well, that doesn't 80s. matter. What matters is... No, 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 but, but the thing is... He looks exactly like like Gomez. Yeah, look from he the looks comics. exactly like the comics. Yeah, and it's a and it's a wonderful. I love that series. I thought it was one of the best series out there. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like it because uh, you know you didn't have that dichotomy of the normals versus the atoms that everyone at the school was you know abnormal to a certain degree. But I really liked the mystery of it. I really liked uh, – I really gave a nice uh, uh, nod to the thing, which which is great. But, you know, Louise, he did have a whole bunch to do during the season. 
but but what he did do, and and also with Catholic Sadie Jones, they nailed it. They nailed it, and I thought it was really really good. Don't you agree God, on that, uh, Vicky? Oh yeah, I I agree with all of that um, because. Uh, it just goes back to the same thing that I was saying about Rings of Power and um, The Witcher and all of that. The people in charge of this stuff um, uh, don't know the source material, but when they do know the source material and they put it out there like in the, the Wednesday show, then the then all these other people are like, oh, that's not blah, 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 blah. And because Luis Guzman doesn't look anything like um, John Astin. Well, Julia. Or John Astin. Or John Isn't Astin. Yeah. 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 Or Tim and Curry. So then, yeah. Then they're like, oh, he can't be. And it's like, look at the source material. It, well, would, it you know be, what? Uh, would it kill you to look at a book, a magazine? A comic? Would that kill yeah. you? No, it might make and, you smart, and I know you're anti-smart people. Yeah, and speaking of Lord of the Rings, here's a story about I would go and Carl come in my office. Hey, Steve, yeah, we got the rights to do the Lord of the Rings series, yes, but we cannot even use any of the material from the book. If we even try to do it, They'll sue our pants off and take away our rights for the series as soon as we do it. The guys who made Lord of the Rings, they went, well, let's do it anyway. It'll make us a lot of money. Me, me, I just look at Carl. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, one other and thing I want to say about was... Wednesday. Yeah. One, yeah. Uh, there was an article. I just read this today, this morning, where... <laughs> You know, they says nothing against Louis Goodman, but you know we don't think that was a great choice. We think we should have Oscar Isaac. Okay, and again, they're looking at what the the you know the sex symbol. They're looking at the sex symbol, just like Raul Julia and that sort of thing. They're not looking at the the, the source material, and it's and, and the it's character and the character, and it's unfortunate. For someone like Louise, I don't think Oscar Isaac is a, is a sex symbol. Well, he, let me put it this way. He's more of a sex symbol than Louise Guzman. Right. Tell that but to his I wife. Think, I'm just saying. I think that Oscar the, Isaac brings the ethnic thing that they're looking for. You know, plus also he's the voice of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Gomez in the animated series, too. In the animated films. Well, and, we hope and, you like this. Okay. We hope you like this. And in the name of God, I hope that 2023 is a better year for movies. And TV shows. Yeah. But, but still, I hope that we John gave you Wick. something. Hoping, yeah. That, that, that in this show that we gave you something that you want to watch. Because I'll tell you what. We may have differences in what we think of films and that sort of thing, but I trust everyone here and, and their, their, uh, uh, their point of view and that sort of thing. So if you hear anything that intrigues you, watch it. Seriously. And me and Vicky trust each other. 
and we we trust each other in our semi trust of Carl. Right. <laughs> but when he's on it, he hits a bullseye. I went off. I hit a foul right. ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and one more thing. Happy birthday, Carl. You're now an old man. Absolutely. Yeah, happy birthday, okay. great grandpa. <laughs> yes, I'm officially old. I just turned 65 today. So there you go. There you go. Wow. Unbelievable. I made it. Scary. Well, that's a, just my feeling of the whole after this year. I looked up at midnight on New Year's. You mean I'm not dead? Well, listen, seriously, we were very, very worried about you, and we are so glad yeah. and so I happy came to you yeah. back. To say how close I came to dying last year, look up the scene from Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother where Gene Wilder and Marty Feldman get away from the buzzsaw in the wall. And look how that scene ends up. That's how damn close I came to probably buying the bucket last year. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're all fucking worried about you, man. Seriously. So glad you're with us. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something. Just so you know this, and, and I'm saying it out on, on uh, the air, you're my brother. You're always going to be my brother. You're always going to be loved. And that is fact, my friend and my brother. So there you go. Uh, we'll probably edit that part out of the show because I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> and thank you for being on, Vicky. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. And, you know, Stephen, you do sound so much better. sound like your old self, so that's yeah. very nice. Well, you sounded like your old self when you, like, pull out the knife and it's going, rings of power, come out to play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know, those two showrunners, but those two women in control of that. Come on, bitches, let's go for it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if I got the, if I wasn't allowed to use any of uh, the lore from a book that series that deep, I wouldn't even bother, even if it cost no. me money. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just stupid what they did. I hope they learned a lot of lessons, which this group of people, this age of people, this group of people, these these showrunners, you know, um, I didn't get this, I did like some TV, and one of them was Sandman. The other was um, uh, Del Toro's Curiosity Cabinet. I mean, there is good stuff out there. Oh, there could have been more I, good stuff. Yeah, that I forgot. Thanks for reminding me. And that would be one that you need to see. And it's, is it the second or third story on his horror uh, anthology on Netflix? Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the autopsy. Yeah, the autopsy. What it is yeah. is this old man with cancer 
gets called up to a coal mine after uh, an explosion happens and kills three guys and they need their uh, autopsies done immediately. And let's just say there's a little alien action going on. (laughs) And it has one of the greatest endings in sci-fi horror Ever doesn't it, Carl? Oh, oh, it's it's, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. Yeah. I remember talking to you. I remember talking to you about it because I was the first one. Uh, uh, oh, they have this uh, episode that's really good called the autopsy. The autopsy is that the one about the? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Uh, I putting... love this short story forever. And they kept the ending, yeah. which is just so beautiful. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it for Vicky, but it is just so great the way that oh no, I've seen them all. Play it out. I've seen them all. Oh, did you like the autopsy? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the ending that, that I'm I talking like about yeah. is where he's like poking himself in the ears with the scalpel, and he's like, "I'm sorry about that. Your new home's not yeah. going to be that good. You're not. The hearing's <laughs> not that good. The view is kind of bad. You know." Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the other thing the other thing about that too is let's not forget who played that role. And that's F. a great Marie Bryant Abraham. Cox. Oh, oh yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Yeah, F. Murray Abraham. Right. He just had I a birthday have, last week. Yeah. I've loved that story since I read it in the it was called an anthology of the of the best American horror stories. Back in the 80s, and I just fell in love with it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they did it in a one-hour format because that was just perfect for it. I think so, too. And here's what I mean, Carl. The the last thing to close out is, I forgot about this, me and Carl's favorite uh, Disney Channel show from last year, which is Ted and his Pet Werewolf. Yes. <laughs> or Werewolf at it, Night. Everyone oh. loves that. It's good. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I saw that this morning. Uh, uh, and I just fell in love with that. It's really, really good. And I, you know what? When there's a Funko Pop of Ted, I want it badly. <laughs> yeah. God bless Ted, uh, Ted a.k.a. Man thing. Yep. <laughs> well, they'll probably have one by next year, next season. Yeah. Probably. Well, no, it was just a one-hour special. Never know. That's true. Remember, well, we got they... kickball. Yeah. Right. I'm talking about new episodes of the show because that's what I'd want. Sorry. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's one other thing I wanted to mention about that is that is directed by Michael Giacchino, okay, Werewolf by Night, who made his name as a composer for film. And and there are, you know, like John Carpenter composes his films, how Hartley does, but they're considered filmmakers first. Uh, uh, 
who do their own music. Chicano did music for many, many other directors and then became a director. And I think that's the first I've ever seen that. And it is well-directed. The cinematography is just outstanding. It's really, really well worth checking out. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's called Werewolf by Night. Yeah. And we will see you again next year for the same show as this. And like I said, hopefully that there's more good films where it's easier for us to pick out a top ten. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I hope so. Hope so. And with that, say good night, everybody. Good night, Carl. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. That's what you told us to say. Good night, sweetheart.